We are back. It is Thursday, which means brand new episode of R2C2 time. CC getting ready to head to Tampa for spring training and the NBA trade deadline stuff heating up. So much going on. We got the perfect guest for today. One of my new colleagues at the Yes Network and the man who is the godfather of uninterrupted podcasts, the man who co-launched Road Trippin'. Richard Jefferson is hanging out with us today. We had such a great time with Richard. You are really going to enjoy this. First of all, he is a rising media star. His stories are unbelievable. You are going to love his Greg Popovich stories that he tells. We were dying. Plus, Richard's insight in general. This was so much fun. Definitely won't be the last time we do it, but it is the first. So here is Richard Jefferson with Cece and me on a brand new episode of R2C2. carry 40 guys so like it gets you know you have enough seats yeah see that's what you know vets always get to be like yo this is my seat and, and I, get, I get to pick who's next to me to a certain degree okay right like a, a 10 day guy be like oh anybody sitting here and it's like yeah but that's bronze seat or or, or that's jay kid seat like you don't want to sit right there you don't like find <laughs> another, find another person find another person to kind of like infringe on their space that's a little different different. have you ever seen like a memorable interaction like that richard where like a a dude who was just like there for a cup of coffee or a minute was like really trying to get in with lebron or j kid or one of those kind of luminaries of the game no because if you're in that space you're always a little too nervous right if you're trying to do a 10 day now i've seen like a veteran guy that'd been around like 12 years that probably wasn't going to make the cut, but then was just like right next to there. You know, oh yeah, me and you know me and you know Jay, you're just they gravitate towards guys that they know. So you see that, but that's the only way. No, no one's trying to hustle their way into the league. You can't befriend your way in. <laughs> <laughs> that's not like it. It'll, it could keep you around, man. It definitely keep, keep you around. around. Yeah. It'll keep you around, but like to get in, no, that's not the case. Like if you're a good, you you got to be like a. Like, if you're a dude who people like hanging out with or you're a good teammate or you're one of the guys, but you still can play, cool. We'll yeah. keep you around. Yeah, like, we'll keep you around. You're a good, you're a good locker room guy. You're, good, you're a good teammate, all that stuff. And so I, I, that's the only thing that might tweak it a little bit, but not very much. Are you – like, have you guys ever seen, I don't like, teammates that you feel like are fanboying a little bit? with? Because you play with, like, a Jeter, let's say, or you with a LeBron, where you notice either people who are your teammates or – Maybe minor leaguers or whatever, fanboying a little bit. And you got to be like, whoa, 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 that's not for here. I mean, yeah, I've seen, I'm not going to call nobody out. Oh, I I've, wanna, definitely, I wanna... I've definitely seen that yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah we're, all, we're all yeah. fans, man. Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, people need to understand we are fans of the game. And then at certain points, it kind of it kind of fades away, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're the favorite, your favorite hitter growing up, and all of a sudden you're throwing against them. The minute he gets a hit on you, you're like, man, screw him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> screw that dude. I never liked him. You know what I'm saying? And I learned that early. I was, you know, you lose to the Lakers. Like I was born in L.A., grew up a Laker fan. We lose to the Lakers, right? I remember going to the Indiana series, right? Because I was in college. Friend hooked us up with tickets go to the game and i'm rooting for the lakers yeah i want the lake show to win i wasn't a huge kobe fan i was more Shaq, but i was like yo lose them in the finals the next year i can't stand (laughs) so once you get in it it's no more it's no more fans there's no more fans but but i've definitely seen like where guys are like 
Yeah, in fact, like like infatuated with like a player, like following them around and shit. Yeah, for sure, one thousand percent. A lot. Have you have you ever had to tell a dude like, "Yo, knock it off"? Yeah, like, I, no, you don't. You don't say anything, but yeah. other guys notice, and you'd be like, "Dang, look at that." You know what I'm saying? Like guys notice. <laughs> oh, I, you know I've seen I, I've seen guys come on and they wore a different pair of exclusive bronze every day. Oh, my God. <laughs> every day. Name exc- names, Richard. Nah, Name nah. names. Because <laughs> they're homies. They're homies. So yeah, I know. But, and, but, and that, look, I get it, man. And they were typically – they were younger players, right? Yeah. They were really young. And you get it, right? Now he's at an age now where guys at 10 years old grew up, like, idolizing him. And they grew up idolizing him this whole time. So these so, guys are real fans. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. fans. And, and so they get there, so they're happy, and they just like – and they're and kind of the, the, the cool thing that I'll say is that, look – when they start wearing all the shoes and stuff like that, and they might not say anything, but it's like he notices and stuff, and we all notice because we just like, look, look, come on, man. But <laughs> the cool thing is, it's like it, it shows that there's always been support. Like I didn't buy all these in the last forty eight hours. Like I've had these. Like, yeah, this has true. always been my thing. That that's kind of been the that that was the one redeeming quality there. It's like, yeah, no, he's a real fan. He's a real fan. He's a real fan. Is it like there's always a fascination with what it's like to play with LeBron, and there are different aspects of that, right? And one thing people talk about is, like, it can be hard for some players to feel, like, confident and willing to do what they normally do on the floor because they can, like, be deferential, right? Or be afraid to, like, oh, if I miss a shot, I'm upsetting him. He could have had that shot instead. Did you ever notice that from guys where it's, like, they have to kind of get comfortable with not being intimidated by playing with it. I, intimidated, I don't know, is the right word. It's just learning your spots, right? It, and, and regular season, playing with certain players in the regular season is very different than playing with them in, in the postseason, right? It's very, very different because how they're going to approach the games. Like, hey, this is all about the team. But once we get to, once we get to the show, once we get to the postseason, understand everybody needs to fall in line, right? And so it's like you're telling guys – I remember last year during you know the Cleveland playoff run, I did some games and – I'm out there kind of talking to different guys like, hey, look, when he throws that ball to you, that's your turn to go. If you turn around and don't like it and throw the ball back to him, you your turn is over, right? <laughs> your turn is over. <laughs> your turn is over. And I, and, I, and I mean that from a space of like, like, but man, I'm not getting shots or, I, you know, I'm out of my rhythm or, well, look, he throws that to you, go to work, right? And it, that doesn't mean that you got to go score, but that means that's your chance to get yourself involved. When he swings it to you, in a situation, understand time and score. But if you start driving and maybe you make a play, maybe you drive, get two free throws, that's it. But if you kind of penetrate, look around, and then throw it back to him, you're probably not going to get that ball again in that possession, mm-hmm. right? And that's just how he plays. Like, in the postseason, it's a little bit more direct. But, no, man, I, I you, look, you've won a World Series, right? Are there guys that you feel – understand that moment you don't want to be like no 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 man man look man you're, you're good it's like no you want somebody that just understands the moment yeah you want guys to like feel it and but and that's another thing like with this young team that we have now is like going through these playoff runs like they're getting that experience so that when we get to that you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying it's no discussion yeah well, everybody knows what it is like we just need to go out and play and do it yeah you don't have to talk guys up you don't have to hype guys up and say hey man this is your moment man mm-hmm. like i know you haven't been playing now look if you got a teammate up a friend if you got somebody that you're connected with and maybe they're not hitting the ball well or they didn't pitch well last series like that's where a veteran can come in and be like hey yo man do you know what everyone's record is in this series zero zero yeah <laughs> right like those are things that have a good vet you know or like hey 
I remember, you know, my, my, my first time in the postseason, it took – that's a great bet to have in that space. But, yeah, you don't want guys that you're out there trying to convince, like, you belong here. You got to encourage you them gotta to, encourage. like, yeah, it's like, like You know, nah. it's like we're not talking about, like, a first-round playoff run that is successful or a second round. We're talking about, like, we're trying to go all the way to the end and do something historic. So in that moment, it just takes a different breed of guy men- mentally to handle that. That's what I think we've already seen with Judge. Like, that dude clearly is so built for these moments, like, from jump, from right home ring in his first playoff game, where you're like, you just know he gets it. Like, he's not going to be overwhelmed. He's going to be at his best self throughout these games. Yeah, for sure. And that, But that makes everybody else – that gives everybody else confidence, like all the, uh, the younger guys, you know, like Seve going through it and, you know, yeah. Sanchi going through it. The, all these guys came up to the to, together through the, through the minor league. So to watch Judge – have success and be able to be big in those moments, it's going to help those guys too. Did yeah. you guys have any, like, memorable conversations, Richard, after you were down 3-1 in those finals? <sighs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it, it was it was one of those things where I, I always tell people, like, you can never accomplish that if you're not completely locked in. Because guys will start planning their trips after 2-0. Oh, man. Right down 2-0. They really guy. will. That's not just the same. Yeah, oh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> It's just more like, look, I've been on teams, and maybe not in the postseason, or maybe that, like, maybe barely, where it's like guys are living in a hotel, like they've ended their lease, they're living in a hotel, they've shipped their cars, so they have a rental car, and then they just have two bags of clothes living in a hotel for the final week or ten days. But they all in. They all in. Now now look, now now look, let's let's look at let's look at the hustle now, right? The the season ends like uh, April fourteenth, right? So like that April 1st lease, it's like, yo, do I need another month? Do I need another month? Or maybe I can end this lease. And like you probably know, so I'll end this lease April 1st, and I'll just rent a car for two weeks, ship my car back home, empty out all my stuff, because that takes about a, anywhere from a week to 10 days. So if that you do last all, that last oh, homestead, yeah. like get it all out. Yeah. I want it all out. I, I want to come home, pick up my bags, and go home, yep. right? And so you see guys, man, like that. That's, I, I've seen guys – like literally um, just be in a spot where, oh, we're down 2-0. That's where the whole conversation goes in the 2-0. Hey, we win game three. They don't want to get back on the plane. Like that's a mental conversation. Do They know it's over. Do they really want to go and fight 4-0, right, and, and just, just for one game to get back on a plane and travel four hours to lose there and then just to kind of have that long like ride back home everyone's lost, everyone, like, no, or we could just lose it at home and keep it moving. And keep it moving. It's interesting because as a fan, obviously, right, or even as, like, an, an analyst, like, you'll think those things, and, and and you'll wonder if there's actual meaning behind them, but it's interesting to hear the player's perspective. It's like, oh, no, that's a real thing. Yeah, like, that shit happened. Yeah, like, like, but, but he's right, though. To be, like, down, you have to be completely locked in. Like, we were down uh, 0-2 in Cleveland in, in the AODS, and – Nobody panicked. Yeah. Like, we weren't watching ESPN. Nobody was like, it was the weirdest thing. Like, we knew we were going to win that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we knew we were going home. We had two at home. We were going to be in front of our fans, and we felt confident. All we had to do was just win one at a time. Like, and you, but you literally have to really be locked in, though. And I remember that time, like, that's the time, you know, I always watch, I watch everything. I watch a lot of stuff, and I didn't watch anything. Like, it wasn't, we were just so locked in on, like, winning that, that game that day. Yeah, that's one of the first things that goes is media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you're smart, like, you don't really ever watch it. You don't ever listen. Like, you might be watching TNT or you might be watching because there's 15 games on. But the further you get and there's less games on, you know that 
you know, instead of 5% of the telecast talking about your series, it becomes 10%, then 20%. The further you go, it keeps increasing. So you know you actually have to stay further and further away from the television because you don't want influences. You don't want outside stuff. You don't want outside negativity or they're done or this percentage or this person isn't doing anything. So the first thing you do, turn off the media, right? And it's like, you know, not just social. I'm talking about like normally in a locker room, ESPN on beyond and guys be watching PTI and eating burgers and no like the minute that all you things start to get a little weird or the minute you're locked in media is the first thing to go i get that man you don't want anything just like creeping in your mind that's different than what you want there right like you you want to be as locked in as possible so it's just so much information yeah a lot of it's bullshit you know what i'm saying (laughs) it's filler it's It's filler filler. like you know what i'm saying Uh, half of that shit they say is not you know what i'm saying nobody comes from nowhere so then you don't want you don't want to be thinking about that stuff. Well, think about it, man. It's the reason why we wanted to do a podcast instead of a daily show, right? One thousand percent. Because yeah. a daily show, you are required to create content, and that means making mountains out of molehills. It just does. I I know from doing it on radio, it's like, whoa, this is a story, and you're like, and you're thinking like, yeah, I guess it's a story, but like, yeah, well, we'll make it a story, you know? Like it's, and it doesn't mean you're even necessarily saying stuff you don't believe. It just means you're embellishing, and that can just like make something into a bigger deal than it is. Then it has to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. and the hypothetical, you look at the Anthony Davis situation. Yeah. And now every, like the next week will be hypotheticals. Yeah. And that part's un- a little unfortunate. And look, the situation is, and, and the first, I think, 48 hours, you can talk about the situation, the reality of the situation, the repercussions. The next 24, maybe 36, you're sitting here, let's get as much, now let's gather as much information as we can. Let's talk to the people we can. Let's bring in these people. After that, 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 you know, 58 hour window at after that everything else just becomes it's just, it's just becomes well what do we talk about now this is still the biggest news nothing's happened we can't just keep talking about so you start to just kind of fill and then you see the espn trade tracker hey let's throw in these four <laughs> things which I, I i'm not a big fan i'm not a big fan of it's like oh, what about a hypothetically three teams like would Giannis play in oklahoma city coming up next and you're like, guys th- no you can't do this because th- I get what our jobs are, and one thing that I'm learning in this media and wanting to contribute is that I want to bring kind of a fairness and a realness to it. It's like, yo, these people have kids. These people have families. All of a sudden, understand that there's repercussions. Like Everyone's asking people at my mom's work, what's, what, what's going on with Richard? And but now, now my mom is calling me. And well, what's going on? Mom, I don't know. Just don't worry about it. And you know, it just yeah. ne- it never ever stops. It, it never does. Like it, it's crazy. And but this Anthony Davis thing, I feel like it was like it, it was all off season too. Mm-hmm. And then like this is the first bit of actual news. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the first thing that people ca- kind of foreshadowed it. But yeah, yeah, this is actually like the first bit of little news. And like it's been it's been insane, man. And like I said, I said it earlier. Like as a player, it's fun to see like these guys being able to dictate where they want to go and running the league and doing what, you know, kind of doing the moves that they want to make. But as a fan, it's, it's annoying. Like, oh. <laughs> like I don't want to hear Lonzo Ball say he don't want to play for the Pelicans. If we trade you to the Pelicans, you're playing for the Pelicans. Like, yeah, I mean, you've been playing in the league for two years. You don't have any say of where you should go. The, you know yeah, saying? but that's, like, that's the problem is he had say in the beginning. And, it's, <laughs> and look, New, or- New Orleans is, is a good place to play. It's, it, look, they'll be the first ones to say that they're not – 
LA, they're not Chicago, but there's a certain type of flair. Like that's my favorite city to go eat in, mm-hmm. right? Oh, when yeah, I land, absolutely. When I land, like that's one place. Like I'll order the gumbo at four different restaurants <laughs> in an a, a, a 18 hour window, right? So there's a, there's a lot of positivity about that town, and then connecting to the community, you've seen what the Saints have done. Sure. But yeah, it's not LA. It's not Chicago. But Chicago's not New York. You know, it's there's a lot of differences when you float around. And I think some of these young guys might not have a lot of experience. Like I, I like I never left a hotel in Utah. Mm -hmm. Never left. I play. I played in Utah one year, and I'm like, yo, this is a really nice place to play. It's a nice (laughs) place to live. It's sunny. It's snowing. You can take your kids. Then go to Park City. Like the fans are nice. You're the only team in town, so they're supportive. If you're, and then you just when you start breaking down, you're. Yo, I can see how guys can stay here a while. Yes. Like, yeah. this is a comfortable. Eat at Walters. Yeah, Walters yeah. is amazing. Oh, oh my so gosh. Good. Unbelievable oh. Italian spot yeah. there. Yeah, and it's like it, this Italian guy who's got to be in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, it's like, he cooks way too good to, to just show up in Salt Lake City. It's like, you know, something ain't adding up. It's so crazy, too. He walks around, like, with his chef's apron on, yeah. and his hair is like a mess. Like, he. He it, is a character. Uh, I've uh, never been to Salt Lake. No, no, no. Ever. My, my wife talks about it all the time. She's like, oh, do you remember that Caesar salad at Volter? Oh, like, my God. It's amazing. I kid you not. It is. He, it's that, that good. It is that good. I lived there one year, four years ago, and I, I still remember the, the everything about it. And, wow. And that's what I'm saying. But you, you would never know that. You would you never know, know that. Yeah. And that was the thing. Is like I, I remember um, being that close to Park City and went up there, just drove up there for New Year's because we had 36 hours off. Drive up there for New Year's, hang out, go out. Sundance Festival is up there. So like for like at about 10 days, 10 days in, in, I think it's January, 10 days in January, it's like a party, yeah. and and, it, and it's like a real party, like a Hollywood just, party. It just ended, right? Yeah, so just, yeah, just ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so there's even culture there that people might not expect. So there's, you can get surprised by cities, right? And I never expected that. I never knew that, and all of a sudden you play there. So it's just a different, it's a different crew, like you said. With, with fans, it is tough, and I and I learned that from being in the media. Now you say something bad about James Harden, or you say something bad about not bad, but the young core, and you give your opinion, and it's just like. Don't you talk about James Harden? <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, uh, wait, and then and then I have to realize, like, oh, you guys are fans. Yeah, like, I, like, oh, uh, yeah. Bad. I'm used to having these conversations with my boys, with the media. Now yeah. the fans are now involved, and you're saying something critical about their favorite player, and they're not happy about that. Yeah. So it, it just it does take a little bit of getting used to in this whole world. You, this is though, it's it's interesting what you're describing with Utah, man, because C and I were literally. Just talking about this on the last episode of R2C2, how, like, that's why if you are a city that isn't on the initial preferred destination list or whatever, you might still take a chance because you know there's something about your culture and your organization and the city that you learn in a more intimate and attractive way when you're there than as a visitor. I said if if Toronto traded for AD and he played with Kawhi up there, he's not leaving. They won't they, neither one of them would leave. No, it, it Toronto's another underrated, Toronto's another under, underrated un, city. Underrated city. It People a, don't know nothing about great, that. Great that city. The fans love the, the sports and like they just love sports. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They, do. Man. Yeah. they love sports. They really sports. do. They, they love sports. They, they I mean they they, they, they pack out the the uh, CFL game, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? They like do, yeah. they pack out everything. So You've been watching a lot of CFL, bro. Nah, not not since Wasn't weren't you in the clubhouse last year? That was last year. Not since football season started. Okay, all right. Gotcha. Oh, since the NFL started, you got back to that But but I mean actually with AD, Richard, if you're let's say if you're Toronto or if you're the the Knicks or Brooklyn, whoever it might be, 
Are you saying, like, I know this dude really wants to go to Lakers, but I trust that if he comes here and has the experience we expect, he'll want to stay? Yeah, but that's a, a understand. You can believe in your experience and you can believe in what you offer, but there's also something of like, okay, there, this is a business. It's not, this is sports and entertainment. If we give up a ton of assets to give somebody, we will probably all be looking for jobs, right? Like, that's the risk. If you give up a. You know, Porzingis and the 19 pick and Knox for Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis leaves. Best believe you're going to be looking for a job <laughs> yes. next. So yeah. you're betting a lot to gain a lot, and you could look like a genius. But that's the, that's the thing. You know, I, I think here in New York, we all know people bet it all all the time. It's like, hey, either we're going to be broke or we're buying a yacht tomorrow. So, <laughs> so that's just kind of that's the New York mentality. But the high, but the, the high, thrill of the unknown is going to be great. It's going to be great, but we're going to find out. And, and this, 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 this meltdown is going to be watched. Do you, do you just expect AD to end up a Laker one way or another? I, I, this is my thing. Yeah. And I understand that there are rules and there's there's different things that, that, that go into play, but ultimately – if he were a free agent, he can sign there. He will be a free agent in a year and a half. He is telling the team where he is most likely, if he was a free agent right now, where he would go. This team, you can contact them and get as many assets. They'll probably give you everything for me, right? Or I could have just said, hey, I want to experience free agency and then leave, right? Because like, that's what he says. like, hey, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till after the season. I'm going to uh, experience free agency, and then I can leave. And then I'm a bad guy because you got no assets for me. Or I could tell you this super early and you can get a ton of assets and start the rebuilding process, you know, a year and a half earlier. Because understand his value now will be higher than than at the trade deadline of next year before his expiring contract. For sure. So I totally agree with the idea that like, hey, he's helping New Orleans out the earlier he tells them, right? Yeah. If he knows he's leaving because he is more valuable to a team if they get two playoff runs out of him rather than one, right? Even if you were Toronto and you said, we don't know if he's going to resign, but guess what? We're going to have him this year, we'll get this and we're going to have him run. next year. Yeah. Like, And maybe we'll also have Kawhi. If not, if we lose Kawhi, actually it does make sense for them, right, if they thought it was something they need, which maybe they don't. But because then if they're like, if we lose Kawhi, we can yeah. always flip Anthony Davis then, you yeah. know, like and then do a whole rebuild or whatever. But, yeah. like, but maybe having AD there is enough to convince Kawhi to stay, whatever. But having said that, the one thing I'd say is, if it isn't mostly motivated by trying to manipulate your way to L.A., wouldn't you just tell them privately instead of publicly? Uh, no, well, I, I think some, sometimes the, the public pressure puts um, – and it happens with players. It happens in business. It happens in politics. Sometimes public pressure puts people in a spot to move. Now the world knows that I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. And – I'm not I understand with me doing that I'm taking on risk I'm taking on heat I'm taking on alienating a fan base I understand that but this is what I'll say and you don't blame anybody you don't blame anything but Anthony Davis has been in New Orleans for seven years right he's 25 20 about to be 26 I believe this year a great young player they have two playoffs right the last year they signed Boogie Cousins they brought in Rondo I, I thought that was a great team that's the best team that they've had since he's been there Rondo doesn't they don't re-sign Rondo Boogie Cousin gets hurt. They don't even bring Boogie Cousins back. back. And it's like, look, sometimes I'd rather – I there's there's different thoughts. If I have a generational player, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep him happy w until he gets under contract, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like in that moment you're just like, look, man, we'll do right by you. But here, look, we'll re-sign Boogie Cousins, 
right? You, it, Anthony, if, if re-signing Boogie Cousins and this is where you have to talk to generational players, like, Ant, we'll bring back Rondo. We'll do this. We have a better chance of signing an extension. And if they don't, you, maybe you sign Rondo to a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you sign, uh, maybe you sign Boogie to a three-year deal, sixty million, right? Let's just say. It. So it's like you're not committing to him for five years or long term, but we're gonna give you something to keep you here because we want to keep the franchise happy. Right, and they didn't do any of that. So here he is, and look, Drew Holiday. They have some time, uh, some talent. Mir Titch was playing well before he got injured, so they have talent. But Anthony Davis is looking around. And it's like, dude, I want to compete for a championship every day, and like I know that getting free agents here will be difficult. It's time. It's time for you guys to try and move on and build a different franchise. I understand that. I understand that one thousand percent. Like. I mean, he he's given them everything yeah. that he could. Seven years. Is yeah. it? Do you think it's weird in those situations for his teammates? Like, let's say he has to play the rest of the year with them. Like, do you do you think he feels strange? No, his, no, I don't, no. I don't think so. No, I, I think his teammates understand. And I mean, that's just something. That's why when I was talking to you about that Pittsburgh situation, like that was so oh, weird yeah. and random when those guys were just comment on his contract yeah. on Le'Veon yeah. Bell. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. That was, that's that was uncomfortable. how you knew that, that 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 locker room wasn't a good locker room. Yes, and that they had fucking problems because you don't speak on your teammates' contract. You never talk about your money. The money. No. If it's good, yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. I should be saying congratulations. Never look at another you man's play. You never plate. talk yeah. about. You never talk about that. So no, I mean his teammates are fine. They're good. Right. They're not. They you, understand it. They, a, they wish that they could be in that situation to get traded. But too, now, you know what I mean? but this is the other side of it. What about the teammates in L.A.? Right now, what are they now, dealing with? Yeah. Now they are dealing with. Right. What yeah. about the teammates in Boston? What are they dealing yeah. with? That's a great when the, point. When the Knicks say that they would be interested, if you're a young player, you're like, hell, am I going to go to New Orleans? Yeah. Right? And that's the thing. And, and say what you want. Like you were talking about Alonzo. He's only been there. But he's a 19-year-old kid. If someone told you this at 19 years old, you he grew up in L.A., played for UCLA, he's playing for the Lakers. You'd be Number panicking two too, yeah. Yeah, you'd be panicking. <laughs> yeah. you know, no, I, I kid you not. I, even going to New Jersey, for me, like I was born in L.A., grew up in Phoenix, uh, went to University of Arizona. I'm a West Coast kid. Houston is the team that I'm thinking is going to draft me. I'm going to be drafted somewhere between 10 and 14. I had no idea where Jersey was. It's not even a city. It's a state. It's a state. So I'm like, where? Where is this located? Right? I'd never. I'd, I'd been to the. I'd only been to New York. I think one time for the in in uh for the preseason in it. Okay. We won that. No one cares. And so. <laughs> and so that was my only experience. And so all of a sudden I remember getting off a plane and being jerk and all, all the jokes about dirty Jersey and their team had never had any success ever. Yeah. So that's another red flag, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I'm going to the Clippers of, at the time it was the Clippers of, of, of the, the Eastern Coast, conference, yeah. right? Like they're just there. The Knicks had been good for 14 straight years under the, uh, under the, the Ewing area. And it was just all of a sudden I land here and I'm driving from Newark airport and I'm looking to my right, and I was like, wait, is that New York City right there? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, where's the arena for Jersey? They're like, oh, it's like 10 minutes over here. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be able to do this. This will work. Yeah, this will, yeah, yeah. You can make it work. You can make this work, right? And then even when I signed my contract, they were like, yo, so, man, congratulations, man. Big couple years. Where are you moving? You gonna get a home in like Saddle River, or where are you gonna go to Connecticut? I'm like, yeah, I'm looking in the one zero zero one three 
area code right now, <laughs> right, right in Manhattan. They're like, you're going to commute? It's like, yep, yeah, yeah. that's about right. So, that's right. You, you were on Tribeca early. Early, man. 05, early. 04, oh, wow. 04. Like, that's really Tribeca. early. Yeah, yeah. That is early. You could claim that we're yeah. recording right now in that, Tribeca. That's what I'm saying. And so, for, like, that's just, and I stay at the Soho Grand. I'll yeah. tell everybody. But, yeah. <laughs> I, but I say, but this, you know what it is, and, and, and you could test to this. It's like sometimes when you go to a city or area and you're like, oh, this is for me. Right. I, I, I love the Tribeca area back in 04, back in 05. It was because you could get a spacious place, you know, a, a traditional New York apartment where we're becoming harder and harder to find. Right. Like elevator opened up to the building that are up, oh, opened up to the to the apartment. And I was just like, yeah, this this is kind of it's quiet at night because there were the financial stuff. There was no restaurants down here. There was nothing. And all of a sudden, Jay Z starts rapping about this shit. Now, <laughs> now, now, now rents are rents are up twenty five percent. Couldn't he just gone to Dumbo earlier? <laughs> that's how. That's I mean, that's when I when I uh, flew in when I signed and I, and I went to Alpine. I was like, this is where I need to live. This is for you. Like this is the perfect spot. Like it reminded me of Cleveland, like Westlake, like. This is my yeah. home. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this is what I know. Like I lived in Westlake. Did you? Yeah, I lived in yeah, Westlake. Westlake is great. Right? West, I love Westlake. Yeah, right there next. Uh, Look at you guys giving Cleveland burbs love like I feel like I grew up in Cleveland. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I like, I got there when I was 19 years old. So like that's, to, you know to be able to have that time there. Like that's what I feel about amazing. here. Yeah, I, I got here. I just turned 21. Right. So I went from college to here for seven years, eight years, and. Yeah, I felt like this was my this was like a second home to me, right? It's, it's amazing, man. It is, and, and I I love that Cleveland has received its proper due thanks to you too. <laughs> yeah. like, it's important that city, you know. It was a good sometimes. city, man. I'm I bet, telling you. Well, hey, you, telling you you were chasing, and I don't mean this as a slight. You were chasing what Richard's team did there, right? Getting that oh, city man. a championship. Oh my god, that would have I had to be. I mean, you. I mean, obviously, you know, you know those people. You've seen those people being around those people like that. I mean, just bringing those people oh, to the championship. They 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 are, are so starved. Oh my god, they're so and they're man. such good people. Man. It's hard to even describe it. it, it like, if you can't describe it, they, they are it. such good, good they, they, people. They, and and that was the thing I didn't know. Like, I, and this is you know, I'll be like, I just wanted to win a championship. I was a mercenary. I didn't care. The I didn't think that the game owed me anything, but I think I owed it to myself to just go chase one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I'm not a legacy player. I'm not a ten time All Star for this team. I'm not. No, it's just like. Richard just wants to go play for a team that he feels has the best chance to win a championship. Yeah. So I go to Cleveland, and that was the play with Braun. I wanted to go play with the best player on the planet. They had a very good team. I saw in that finals where everyone got hurt, they lacked a little bit of depth between 6 and 10. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's my role. That's 6 to 10 every single day, show up, work hard, and give you guys what you need. That's my role. And I was like, it was a perfect fit. But getting there – I didn't know all the love that Cleveland had. I didn't. I just thought it was, it was a, a a town that I would show up and leave and talk trash about that I would never <laughs> want to live here. And then now it's just it, it just it was it the people there. We wanted on Father's Day, yeah. so it's like I still have kids and dads like coming uh, up to me crying and oh just my being God. like, yeah, it's just a, like it's a special place like that. Yeah. Like yeah. as far as sports, like they 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 really love it. Like it's crazy, and yeah. and and those people will never forget you ever. No, no. and then on top of it, we go the year we win. It, the, we had the ring ceremony that the when the Indians are playing the, oh, the, the no, Cubs in the, in the World Cubs, Series. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, so it was it was just cool then to go and support you know Terry Francona go, go, yeah. go, go 
support Tito and go, you know, he's a wildcat in case you guys are listening. <laughs> uh, but just to go and support them because I like I see what it meant to the city and now the Indians are there and they're and they're like, We're gonna go from zero to two. <laughs> what is going on? And it was and, and it helped when Indi- well, even when the Indians didn't win, it was still like, It's all right, guys. We'll see you guys next year. They, but like in, in the order of like Cleveland sports is the Browns, Browns the Indians, Indians, and then the Cavs. Very true. So like for the Cavs to to bring the chip is huge. Like the Indians would, would to win a champ, that city might burn down. It yeah. might burn down. And if the Browns ever make <laughs> it to the Super Bowl, guys, yeah, that city will be on oh, fire, just, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you, they might they might go I'm like they you. might go like like go conquer other cities. They might be it might be like the Crusades. They're like, where are we going next? We're gonna take Akron. Yo, We're gonna not, take Toledo, and it will all be Cleveland. Yeah, they're not playing, man. They're not not even win the not even oh, win the Super just Bowl. Just go. Just go to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. that, that is that is it, it's fantastic. so true. We talk oh. about that all the time. That is one of the that's one of the conversations that we have is like, okay, who owns the city, right? Who owns the city? Yeah, here it's the Yankees, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If I had to say anything, in my opinion, it'd be the Yankees. Then it would be probably the Knicks, and then I would say the Giants. Now, don't disrespect me. Don't get mad, Giants people. I think that's accurate. And I'm not yeah. talking about talent level. I'm yeah. just talking about if a team could pick a World Series, a Super Bowl, or a NBA championship, right, in the rank of order, they were like, man, I need my Knicks to win. Or, man, anytime the Yankees win the World Series, it yeah. just adds to who they are and yeah. what the city yeah. is about. Uh, but, you know, certain cities, like I, we say this, we say it in Boston. In Boston, like, I know the Patriots are are legends right now, right? So it's hard to say anything bad. But Red Sox are number one in that town. Right. Oh, and I, I would say Celtics are probably right there. They haven't had the sex, you know, the success that yeah. um, that the Patriots have. But if you were to just say, like, right now, which one would, which parade would they rather experience? It would probably be Red Sox, Celtics, and then Patriots. Yeah. And the Bruins and the Bru- and the might Bruins. even be in there ahead of yeah. one, right? Like yeah. because yeah, you're right. It's different dynamics for different cities. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Is the Cleveland when you go back to Cleveland, do you still get love like uh, from people there? And yeah. that is it like yeah. I have to not. I just have to be very chill. Like you have to go yeah. when you go there. You just know that you're going to be. There's no privacy there. Like if you go to restaurants, if you I'll go to dinner, right, yeah. anything, there is no there is no privacy. Like you check into the hotel, any any you're going to be saying hello, and that's love. I have no problem because they don't understand how instrumental they were in the support of us yeah. to help us get that done. Like game six was the best to this day is best game I've ever been a part of. They stood up the entire game, oh, they, like a college team, like Amazing. a college town. They stood up the entire time right (laughs) and i'm talking about adult i'm talking about they were cheering on the way in they were cheering on the way out they stood up the whole time and it was just like that was part of it we were like yo guys if we can win game five and get back we're not going to lose game six like Mm -hmm. these people when you talk about rioting like the officials were on their best behavior right (laughs) (laughs) guys guys but i'm just saying the crowds can have that the crowds like when even for officials they walk in it's like hey I understand the magnitude of this game, and I understand the magnitude of this situation. So I need to be on my best. Yeah. I need to be at my best. It doesn't mean best behavior. This, but just like yo, I need to make sure I'm tuning out stuff. I need to make sure I'm locked in. And because of that environment, you get the best out of everyone involved. That's awesome, man. What? Uh, move on from the Cleveland situation in a second. But like, 
Richard, we love we love storytelling. You know that. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what podcasts that's are for. Those, which, by the way, <laughs> let's actually divert for a second. We have to we give have, him the we, props, we, right? We got the we got the podcast. Godfather of the <laughs> of the uninterrupted podcast network right here yeah. with when road I, tripping. When I called you yeah. about the podcast, I was like, "Well, Richard Jefferson is doing it." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. And we were like, we were like, take a listen, see the dynamic. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Oh, no, exactly. Somebody, so, uh, you know, somebody who remained name uh, nameless was. Yeah, wait, wait, you're gonna go do the 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 RCT, and I was like, yeah, you know, CC, but I, yeah. yeah. They're like, well, I remember you were a little. I was like, well, they gave me credit. They gave, <laughs> they gave once, once they gave road tripping a little bit of credit, then I was like, all right, I have no, I have no problem. Now you now you're good. Now it was good. That yeah, was good. I I do remember you tweet you tweet that tweeted at us I was a little like, bit. Hey, hey. Now, guys, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, I don't remember that. Yeah, oh I yeah, because well, you're all you know, you kind of it was your away. intro. Yeah, it was yeah. your intro. It was like the very intro, and I was like, yo, that's genius. Like this is why we started. That we wanted to influence, and it's not that I want you know a hand in the pot, but it's just like it's always cool when you stumble onto something and you see how cool it is, and then other people pick up on it. Yeah. It's just like you should. It's just no different than the pitcher that 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 you watched, or you know the broadcaster yeah. that you liked. Him. You should always give credit to people that either influenced you or impacted you. So once I got credit, then I was like, all right. Nah, but, I even, was, but they get all the credit because even when I was like, man, we need to do it on the airplane. Like, <laughs> yeah. need, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, oh, I was like, like we need like different spots. Like, do, you, do you think we could do an airplane episode yeah, this year? I think, I think I don't think it'll be a problem at all. We, that would be fun. I it's think like, it'd be a lot of fun. We could. Oh yeah. man, that'd the be air, great. The airplane one is good. That's what so I'm we saying. had to stop it. We had to stop it because. We, so there was one area because we Allie Clifton, she couldn't come to the front of the plane. Like that's players only, yeah. right? Like coaches can come up there a little bit to say hello, but like media, like media, that would be like me. Like yeah, I wouldn't media, be able. Media to do doesn't that, go yeah. there, so we had a middle area, right, that has some open tables. And sometimes, like everyone would converge on there to play cards at mm-hmm. the staff or whoever. And then we set up like a recording station and it was okay at first. And then it just started, then guys just started coming back because they would hear laughs and they would hear wine. But that was also where like Steve Spiro and Cobra and all the trainers would kind of, these are the guys that do all the work that we don't see, right? Mm-hmm. So they are the last one on the plane because they're doing the bags. They're the last one to go to bed because they're doing the bags. So if that's their time to sleep, we, we kind of quietly got the booted out after like, <laughs> after like three, three episodes. Four. But we did it. We still accomplished it before they got pissed off but the plane episode is awesome when you can go from how we played last game to where we're going next and what's the conversation before that's unique man it's never been done before and then you get like people popping in all the time you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah, we need at least like one plane episode that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking but i'm worried but you guys on the plane you do the front of the plane the players no we did the middle we oh no we did the middle no like how to how the plane set up like how you guys get on the front of the plane front of the plane front of the plane and then middle of the plane is normally training staff and coaches and then the back media see we do it opposite coaches are in the front oh yeah. okay and the players are in the middle which sucked when we were on a regular plane because then the coaches got the fucking first class <laughs> yeah and then we're stuck that's in why they know what they're seats. doing they yeah. know what they're doing and yeah, we don't travel whack. as many we don't travel as many so it's a little different situation but it's easy to set up man you got portable recorders with batteries yeah. you can do that and headsets and set it right up on that car yeah. table that those guys that those hell yeah guys, man. Uh, we can have it while you guys are playing high card yeah. yeah let that be the background noise and i'm telling you that for fans to hear the joy Right. Or even it's like, yo, we lost a, a tough one. Like I remember we we had won a bunch straight and we went into Boston and played a great game. They they beat us, but it was like a great game. Like they hit a bunch of tough shots, contested, but and it's like afterwards like we're bummed, but we're not depressed. Right. And there's like a ton of media coverage and like we're going on to the next city. And so we do this and we literally drop it like thirty six hours later and everybody was like this is what was going on in the plane after. Yeah. Like, like they they never heard that, and and it blew my mind. I'm like, 
well, I, I can understand why they've never heard it because no one's ever done this. But wow, the fact that like there's a new form of media that can give fans an experience that that has never been even now. Don't get me wrong, by like the third bottle of wine, like there was a lot more editing that was involved, <laughs> but it was still yeah. fun. That's oh, good. that's good. Yeah, that's true. I I could see that. Like yeah. where where you where you want to just change a word or two, yeah. but that the access is so key, right? Like, because if you think about it in today's day and age where there are so many options for fans to get their information, like you don't break news anymore. If you're a regular, like radio host or talk show host or whatever, right? Like that's like not what you do. It's all Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, everybody's it's out there already, right? Like it gets out there like right away. And you know, you just like, it's done. You know, they, it's and it, it's just not your function anymore. People consume their information from so many different places. What you really have to give them to make it unique is is, is the access, yeah. right? Like that's something that they can't get from the thirty-five other writers they're reading mm-hmm. who all cover their sport or their team or whatever, or right? even like, somebody that's on the plane that can't report it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right, exactly, like they can't yeah. like, but it's coming from the players, then it's fine. Right? Yes. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. There's certain things you can put your stamp on and say, okay, now it's good that I can't. Well, dude, even like when we talk about when we've talked about stuff on the plane, like I won't even, it took you being like, we got a great group. We play this, right? Even if I say, see what you're doing on a plane, I don't feel like I could talk about that. Even if it's in a fun, you need to be the one. Yeah, you know no, I mean? like, for sure. Like that's like, there's a certain respect. There are rules about that. But when you give them that access, that's the stuff that they eat up, yeah. obviously, because you don't know it. Yeah. It's and, like, and it's not even, you're not even really giving them like insight. You're just, you're not giving them insight on, the game you're getting insight onto the lifestyle of in which we lead and i'm not talking about the instagram pictures and and the houses and the cars no, and the it's shoes the travel it's, it's just the, the tough travel stuff. Yeah. It's, the, it's the yeah yeah we were there for this amount of time and no day off and we're traveling and we're going here and we're on a plane and then we're gonna go sit in a hotel and we do it again tomorrow but this is what we do in between because that's the part that is the still the most unknown now mm-hmm. it's getting more and more tapped and people are trying to do it more and more organically but what we have created as a as, as really as a podcast like new uh, upstart is that now you get a even more inside look you get behind the veil because players are talking to players and people that have relationships with players that they trust yeah now get to kind of tell a different form which is awesome i love it's it we so have, much we've fun. had so much fun yeah. with it man we really have i think i think players like podcasts too because they can they can tell the story how they want mm-hmm. you know yeah. like sometimes you're telling the guy a reporter or, or you know recorder and then he gets to write the story how he wants yeah when you're on a podcast or you have direct media you get to say whatever However you want it to come out, straight to your fans. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? There's a lot less context, right, uh, Like taken yeah. out of context because you get it. And one of the things that, and I think you guys are probably the same way, is like I'm not looking for clickbait. No, I'm not no looking, that was I'm the not, biggest thing, yeah, man. It's like, it's that like was look, the talk thing. freely, and then I'll let you listen to it, and anything that you want taken out, we can take out. Yep. Right? I know what our fans are going to like, and like I don't want clickbait. I don't want you to go have to answer questions because of something that you said here. That's not what I want. I, w- I just wanted a great relationship between you and the fans and mm-hmm. a fans to better understand you and your life and where you came from and understand us as a group going out here, working and going to battle together. That's what I think is interesting. I, I totally agree. That C and I have been on the same page with that. And I'll tell you a guy who there's a great example of it serving that purpose last year. And ultimately it didn't work out. But Sonny Gray who, you know, very talented pitcher, had an outstanding career in Oakland, got traded over, pitched well, second half of uh, his first year here, really struggled last year. While he was kind of struggling or started to struggle, we did an episode with him, and I cannot tell you how many Yankees fans I had reach out to me saying, you know, 
I couldn't stand this guy. Like, he's been so, you know, he's pitched so poorly for us. I heard him on the podcast. He's great. It made me want to root for him so much. His personality, and he was yeah. fantastic. Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, man, I like this guy. Now I feel bad when he pitches poorly because <laughs> I want him to do yeah. so well. And, you yeah. know, it can serve that function of just letting people into, you know, either your personality, your heart, your soul, whatever it is, and just giving them a real connection to you because it's a format where, like, they just feel more comfortable to be themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, They're next to their teammates. Yeah. Right? Like, That's the biggest thing is that it, your teammates. Yeah. That was like the, the most fascinating thing about you guys starting that podcast is like the access that you can get like your teammates to warm up to. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just to feel comfortable. And you're the vet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know that like guys feel comfortable that you're going to take care of them. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like judge will come on here because he knows that I'm not going to put nothing out. Exactly. That's going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. So guys are more willing to be a part of it. And like crack jokes it's and tell easier. stories. It it's is. easier to get guys to come on. Yes. Because of the relationships you have with and, them. And yeah. now you, and people understand like, I, I think it was Cristiano Ronaldo is like the most followed person in the world. Right. When you go, when you do look at all of his social media combined. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's an athlete. That means that means th- th- there are stories to be told by athletes, and I, you know, yeah. they're the shut up and dribble. The, the, it's like no influencers and athletes. Like these are the people that are really pushing the pulse of what's going on, not only in, in not not just in America but around the world. Yes. And so to have an access to them, and I think that's why social media is so huge because I don't need to wait for an expose from the New York Post to talk about CC. If I want to see CC, I can go. And follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter, see what he signs, see what he likes, see what, you know, if you're talking about, man, I think I'm just going to rewatch The Sopranos, right? And all of a sudden, it's yeah. like, yo, he's a Sopranos fan. That's all. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 just, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, We've that's, talked on, about yeah, that, that's on a random, that's on a random Tuesday. Yeah, and it yeah. just, that's what's so cool about it. And I think we, and I think the podcast, you know, just kind of platform just allows for that. So shout out to all the fans that follow and listen and, and enjoy the stories. Yeah, it is. It's so it's so much fun. And remember to rate, review, subscribe, all that. We always <laughs> love that. So, Richard, what about um, for you? I, the, the the one other question I was going to ask about that, because we do love the stories, is playing with LeBron. Yeah. What, what's a, what is like a good... LeBron story that you have, you know, off the dome. I'm putting you on the spot. But That's after that, I want a J Kid story. Okay. I, I grew okay. up a big yeah. J Kid okay. fan. Okay. Give okay. us so, both. He's yeah. a fan too. He's a fan. A big, have, you, have you had some interaction uh, with him? You know what? I met him. I was in the fifth grade. He was a senior in high school, and yeah. I went. My dad went to go take me to see him play at the Coliseum in Oakland. Okay. And I got a chance to meet him there. And then ever since then, I told him that story. Yeah. We've been cool. No, ever he, since. He, oh, that's amazing. Stay yeah. on kid now. That's an amazing <laughs> story. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Forget Bron. We got to know our audience. So it's a. What 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 you want a, a J Kid story? Yeah. Oh man, that is the, there's there's a lot of funny stories. Because when you got drafted, he was already in the league for what? Like? No, he was in the league and he, he was playing in Phoenix. Oh okay. So he was playing in Phoenix and like for for the podcast crew, like the first time I ever met Channing Fry was at Jason Kidd's basketball camp. That's how. <laughs> yeah, first time I ever met Channing. So I was a senior and it was the senior year before I was about to go to college. So I was kind of working out. Gary Payton came to his basketball camp, and it was not far from my house. So I got picked up. J. Kidd gave me a ride home in his yellow limb, or his uh, yellow Hummer. He had this trash yellow Hummer. <laughs> but, but it was like the original. It was actually really, really dope, because that's just how we were doing it back in those days, yeah, 98, yeah. 99. Everything was oh, big and loud. I had the original, the, the original Hummer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just how we were doing But it was like bright yellow. And he had like a bright yellow boat. He's like, man, the first time I tried to go put this in, like, 
like in, I think they were trying to go to Lake Havasu, right? He didn't know what he was doing. Like he's twenty something with yeah. a big boat and a big yellow <laughs> Hummer. Everyone sees him pulling up, and everyone kind of stops and be like, "Yeah, let's see him back this." <laughs> it's uh, and so like that to me was always a funny story. But like that was the first time I ever met Channing. So somebody come pulls me over. It's like, hey, uh, one of my buddies, you know, his dad, you know, and and him over here. He's he's uh, going to St. Mary's, which is a private school in Phoenix. You know, just come say hello. So I go meet him, and he's six nine already. He's taller than me, and I'm like, oh, so wait. He's like, oh, he's gonna be a sophomore. And I was like, God, oh right? Gosh, I was like, okay. Yeah. And so fast forward years later, I'm recruiting him to come to Arizona. Fast forward years later, I'm hosting his draft party here because he gets drafted by the Knicks, and I'm playing for the Nets. Fast forward years later, you know, that's my guy, and we just spend a lot of time, and we're on the Cleveland team together, winning a championship. Like that's that's the, amazing. That's, that's amazing. Like that's that is that's yeah. that's like my yeah. guy. Like used to sleep on my my couch when he was uh, about to be a senior in college and he would just because he knew I wasn't doing anything and then, <laughs> and then after like so we would go out every night just because I wanted somebody to hang out with because of my <laughs> schedule and the next thing you know like I was like dude shouldn't you be working out right what are you, what are you doing he's like yeah yeah school's about to start I gotta go <laughs> so we all we always have fun man but that that to me the J kid stories he had that yellow Hummer and he took and he took me and he was just like yeah man I had a big yellow boat too like speed boat I tried to go I tried to go park it and every Everyone just looking at me. Finally, so I think, man, I don't remember if somebody got out and helped them just kind of make sure the boat get in there. But it's like, yeah, you. Well, sometimes when you stunt, you can stunt too hard. Oh, <laughs> you can stunt too hard. You got no. That's an excellent stunt. example. Yeah, you of can that, stunt man. too hard. He, I mean, what he did for the Nets, and obviously, uh, you know, it, it is unbelievable the way he transformed that franchise. He's just a generational player. Like yeah. that, you don't see it all the time, and. You look at really what he did over his whole career, all those years combined, and winning a championship in Dallas and all the All-Stars and all the NBAs and all that stuff. He was just like that guy that helped. He was the first person I ever looked as like, as long as I follow this man, I'm going to be okay. Right. As long as I follow him, I'm going to be OK. Tim Duncan, like I, I like Tim Duncan was great, but he was also at towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan is the exact same way. If you get to San Antonio in that the mid 2000s, like as long as I follow this man, I'm going to be, be OK. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be OK. Work when he works, d- study when he studies, sleep when he sleeps. If you follow his regiment, you're going to be OK. And excuse me, you know, I play with Dirk. Dirk was again a little bit older. You know, Steph and, Steph and Clay, I played with them, but they were still, you know, figuring it out, even though they were going to be very, very good. But, you know, LeBron was the next person that I played with in the prime of their career that was a different player. And you're like, okay, as long as we follow him, we're going to be all right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're going to be all right. And that just, it doesn't mean you're going to win. That just means that like, we're going to have a chance. Right. As long as I do my job, I know he's going to do his job. Yeah. And then if he doesn't, it'll be one in a million. So it's like, that don't matter. So if I'm focused on a million other things, I need to just be focused on my job. So that's what it was like playing with him and Jason Kidd were the only two guys I, when I met Jay Kidd, he was 28, right? At 27, 28. So like, that's the prime. Yes. That's yeah. prime J Kid. Like, so like when he, whatever he's doing is what yeah, you're right. Yeah. What you need to be doing. Which, what you need yeah. to be doing. What, did you have a relationship with LeBron before you got to Cleveland? We we were on the Olympic team together, the terrible 04 Olympics. Oh, but yeah. But it was more of like, you know, he was we our cross our path, we played against each other in the playoffs. There was just a a a, a small forward respect there because we always guarded each other. And, yeah. And understand like 
we had battles in Cleveland. And then and when I got to my, my year 10 and 12, I started to become more of just a role player. So then that's when he like exploded to be the best player in the world. So it was never the epic battles didn't continue. The epic battles were like when we were both really young. Yeah. Right. When he was 18 and I'm 23, like those were when the battles kind of for us happened. But then after that became role players. But I think when, when, I showed up there, there was a respect of like, I'm not here for the glitz. I'm not here for the glory. I'm not here to talk about how many shots I'm going to get and how much money I'm going to make. I'm here to do one thing, and that's win a championship. And those are the people he likes. Yeah, The two people he gravitates towards are stars that he can count on in moments where he's going to need help mm-hmm. and role players that only want to do their job and do their job well. Right, those are the two people he gravitates those are towards. Those are the two people he needs. He though. needs, <laughs> exactly. but, there, but there's t- guys that gravitate towards players that like they like to hang out with, or they like to party with, or they like to go dinner, or they like to chase girls. There, there's guys that gravitates towards lots of different things, and it could be a mixture. You could gravitate toward guys you like to work out with and go out with. Yeah. You can ra- gravitate towards that. So there's no bad way. He gravitates towards two people. People that high level guys that he can, you know, you, that's why, the, you know, the banana boat and like he had gra- gravitates towards high level people. And then he gravitates towards guys that he understands will do the job that that he needs them to do when they need him to do it. That's a very interesting breakdown. How about how many years were you in San Antonio? Oh, I was in San Antonio two and a half glorious years. The San Antonio fans hate me. And the only reason why I know how much they hate me is because I just recently got on social media. And so, and so they, now. They go at you? Oh, they go uh, at me so hard. Why? San Antonio I, fans are mad well, about what? I, I was like, I, when I was really upset when I left New Jersey. And then I went to Milwaukee. And I just didn't handle it well. I went through a breakup. My fiance, there was a bunch of drama with my fiance. And, at the time and I just wasn't I was in the you know you do this long enough and you have that year or two where you're just like you're not even about basketball or your sport just becomes your job and it's Mm -hmm. what you're doing in between of your your emotional problems or your or your personal problems like my grandmother passed away like all this other stuff and it's not that you were over it but you're just like I'm just going here I'm doing my job and I'm going home and I'm being by myself right and that's the San, that's the Richard Jefferson that the San Antonio Spurs got, <laughs> right? And and ever since then, I, I've been like overly complimentary of San Antonio as a city, as an organization. I I credit Pop and Tim Duncan with helping me to take care of my body and understanding what I had it to do later in my career. But they're not. They're just. I think they were. They were. They. They saw the young Richard Jefferson, and that's who they thought they were getting. And when they didn't get that, they just become extremely resentful. I'm going to be really honest. They got about one more year before I start firing back. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, it's like, all right, y'all. It's like, enough's well, enough. It's enough's enough, right? And, it, and it's not, but it's just like, that's the, this is the worst free agent since Richard Jefferson. It's like, that was 12 years ago. Yeah, like, come on, it's like, stop like, come, it. like, stop. Like, and it's just like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He, I think we, and you're just like, all right. And that's the thing in San Antonio. One thing that I think people are seeing now with DeMar DeRozan. And it happened with LaMarcus Aldridge, and it happened with me. It is very, very difficult for you to have success as a veteran, like a guy that's an established guy, and then to go to San Antonio. You might see the DeMar DeRozan in Toronto, but then he gets to San Antonio, and you're like, well, why is he not the same? Or you might see the LaMarcus Aldridge in Portland, and all of a sudden he gets there, and you're like, well, why is he not the same? It's very, very difficult to to understand how to assimilate into that San Antonio spur world. And credit to LaMarcus. Like, LaMarcus asked for a trade. 
right? At one point in time, DeMar DeRozan wasn't expecting to be there. He's still, DeMar DeRozan is still going through some emotional shit, people. Yeah. Yeah. He's still going through some emotion. And it doesn't help that Kawhi and Toronto Raptors are playing well, they, right? They're yeah. killing they're it. Killing yeah, it. it doesn't, like that, that doesn't help because now he's also looking at like, well, damn, I my, could be there. Man, my, like, pe- my people don't even miss me. The people that, like, that's the thing. And so, like, I, I give I give Demar Derozan a complete pass on this year. Now that that's not how it works. He's still nah, playing I, well this year though. But, he I, is. but, I, but, I, but I, like I like I knew that was gonna be a wash this whole year. Yeah, though. it's yeah. just hard. because of the way it happened and like he was pissed about even getting traded. Yeah. No, I mean you know just no less to San Antonio, but like just even getting traded. Period. He was pissed. And he used saying? to so, literally say the phrase "I am Toronto." Yeah. yeah. He literally so, would yeah. say that. So phrase. that like yeah. that breaks your heart. Breaks oh. your heart. The man. first time like you realize that we talked about this. The first time you realize. That this is a business and you know, and not just a sport. And you love the city and the franchise, but it, and then they and they do something like yeah. that. It breaks your heart. And when that's that's traded me, I was the same way. I was yeah. broken. I, yeah. I was messed up. And uh, because we went to the finals, because we won the four division titles, before we went to the playoffs six straight times, all of this stuff. And I'm sitting here like, and look, I, like at one point in time, I wasn't I, I wasn't communicating well with management because I felt like they had made some mistakes or just I was kind of being a pouty kid at the time but I wasn't being destructive I wasn't being um I wasn't being disrespectful I wasn't I was just more of like hey I'm gonna work out here and I'm gonna show up ready to go like I have every single year Mm -hmm. right and the only thing that made me feel better is when they started being real shitty right after I left. That was the only thing, <laughs> the only thing that made me feel better. Like, co- uh, like, like DeMar doesn't even have that to fall on. That's it. And, true, man. And so it's like for him, like San Antonio fans, shut the hell up. Yeah. This man, this, they don't make it, it any it don't, better. They don't make it any better. Yeah. Like understand that this guy got his heart ripped out from underneath him. It's not that he doesn't play well. Truth be told, you can put that man in a park and he would want to play well. Yeah. He works out and he's one of the best players in the NBA. He's not playing great as well as he would like because he is in a brand new place that he and, and understand like he got there at 19 18 that's what, it's his first city this is, it's just his like you city. with your this, first city yeah, being right. the only thing he knew it's your first city the only thing he and knew. you fall in love with it the people yeah. fall in love with you. you you get used to walking through the stadium and yeah. seeing the, the guy in the parking people, lot yeah when that changes and yeah. you gotta you know it, it's it's a big it's deal a big difference you it's know where to deal. eat the moment your sleep patterns all change your travel schedule changes where you're going change there's so many variables and so like i not that i i, I would ever come to defense of a player because i think they're grown men you don't have to but just being in that same spot mm-hmm. and understanding the emotions that come with it it is it is a very very difficult thing. So any San Antonio fan that does, if you guys want to get through, but understand this about say this is a San Antonio fan. Tim Duncan is gone. <laughs> Manu Ginobili is gone. Tony, Tony Parker is gone. gone. Yeah. Pop is in his seventies. Like you guys better start being real happy for everyone that you have right now because I'm not saying that it's going to just dissipate once Pop leaves, but it's going to get harder to get free agents. Mm-hmm. And you see what New Orleans is going through. You see what these uh, the, these smaller cities are starting to say. So, like, you guys don't want to go. Look, you got Dave Robinson and Tim Duncan, and you guys rode that for a good 30-year run. Don't act entitled. Don't yeah. act entitled and just cut tomorrow a little bit of slack, man. It is very, very difficult for guys to go through this. And to you have to internalize it a little bit because you can't just talk about how unhappy you are because he's got, like, three more years left on his deal. Yeah. You know, we were talking about access before, and – my favorite part of doing the NBA games on ESPN is the coaches meetings we get to do before with just our broadcast crew. And Pop is like my favorite to go into yeah. because he is he a good interview. In oh that? man, when you, when you sit He's down great. with is him, he? when you just sit with him, you would love it. The stories he tells, you know, some of it's off the record, but some of it's on. If you because he gets, you know, he's what he doesn't like is questions that he thinks are like 
pointless or like you're not really seeking a real answer he and he doesn't want to waste his time right but if you ask him something that he does find interesting or engaging he will give you the most interesting thoughtful answers and uh, i like along those lines like because of this i always love when i get spurs games because it's just fascinating to hear from him i'd also say he is very intimidating, just as a, as a, like he, he amongst. Well, he walks around like Bell Belichick, just like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> like you get him. He's like, hey, wait, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, like, oh, yeah. he's fun, he's yeah, nice, yeah. but like, you wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of him being angry. Like, yeah. I'm wondering, as you went through those years where you admittedly weren't as engaged as you know. He must have been scary oh, to you. Oh, he hate he hated me. <laughs> he hated me, right? And and and, and Tim and Tim and Tim Duncan used to just he just used to fuck with me all the time. Like it was just like so bad. And and Pop, I remember one time Pop was like, you know, because for me I have a personality, right? Like my yeah. personality is going to be outgoing. When I become an introvert and is more when I get home. When I'm outside, you have to put on that mask and that space. But like I go to practice and it's like. Dude, like I came from Milwaukee and we struggled, so we weren't playing great, but we were still 45 and 25, and it was just like we were still doing good, and, he, and I wasn't playing well, but the team was happy, which I've always predicated like my my focus is on how is the team playing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I wish I could play better. Yes, I will play better. Or yes, I'm working to be better, but if the team's doing all right, fine. Yeah. But probably like, and you, 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 he was going through the film, like just going through everything. And you, you're fucking walking around like a, like a happy go lucky pogo stick. Like nothing fucking bothers you. And I'm just like, <laughs> so what am I? I was like, yo, am I, and I'm not supposed to smile, right? I, I, I'll tell you guys one pop story. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know how much time we have and I'm getting hot. No, so, we got, yeah, we, so, we, got, so, we got, we got a few okay, minutes. Okay. So this is the pop story, right? Yeah. So pop and you know, he's notorious for his subs or whatever he's doing. Right. And so he goes, he subs everybody. Or he, he had just a Matt, uh, uh, Matt Bonner had just checked in. Right. So he was at the scorer's table. So Matt Bonner goes in, but pop calls a timeout. Right. As soon as like Matt Bonner gets into the game, he hadn't done anything. It was like a missed free throw box out. Matt was not involved. So every every he calls everyone off the court. Right. He calls a timeout. Everyone sits down. He doesn't even go to the coach's huddle. He just turns and sits down. Right. Now, Matt, Matt just checked in the game. So he goes down the line. He goes, Richard, you need a fucking rebound. He's like, Tim, if you don't fucking box out next time, I swear to God. And 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 Tony, what the fuck? Get back on defense. Mono, what 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 the fuck kind of shot was that? Like what the, and then Matt, who's sitting there, and everyone knows Matt has not Matt had literally just checked into the game. He just sat beside and Matt. You're just a fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Matt's reaction is like, Matt's reaction was like, what? This guy in the game. This guy in the game. What, what, what am I doing? Oh, oh my wow. God. It was so funny. And it was like, you loved Pop so much because you knew it was kind of like your 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 dad that was just like your your favorite high school coach that was just yelling at you. So it wasn't malicious, but we all, like, that, like once he got to Matt and he said that we all kind of laughed because yeah, you Matt, because up, Matt yeah. was like because you know he's pissed off yeah, Pop's yeah. legitimately like Pop, you don't play around when Pop's like pissed <laughs> off he had so he had relationships with certain guys they could do it but yeah he used to do I remember one time oh my gosh that's an amazing <laughs> this story is one, one more Pop story well right? we love it one oh, more Pop great. story so uh I remember, like, I, 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 I was not having a good game. So, like, Gary Neal gets into the game, right? Uh, Gary Neal gets into the game, and Gary's shooting. And so Pop comes back. Pop would yell at players on the bench for stuff that was going on in the game. <laughs> so Gary Neal, Gary Neal uh, uh, 
Gary Neal misses a shot and, and Pop walks back to the bench. And you, fucking, you see that shot? I'd put you in the game, but you'd probably do the same fucking thing. And then, and then, and then he just walks off. Then he just walks off. And I'm sitting there like, yo, how am I getting yelled at? I'm not even in the game. Right? So You're Adam's, responsible for his misses. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Right? So then afterwards, right, Gary Neal, I, we're like out to dinner. I was like, man, you, man, Pop spazzed on me today, man. It was low-key. It was kind of funny. So I tell him the story, right? And he's listening. And I'm like, yeah. And Pop's like, you'd probably do the same thing. He's like, Richard, you want to know what's so funny? I'm like, what? He comes and yells at me about shit you do all the time. <laughs> that is he's amazing. Like, he's like, he does that shit to me about you all the time. Because that was my first time. That was my first time hearing it. And it was just like, wow. Uh, like, okay. And, that, and that's the thing, man. But like, all that being said, like, I can't say enough good things about Coach Popovich and like who he is as a person and, yeah. and as an as an intellectual. Like he would bring give everyone books. And put them on their put them on their chair, and like, you felt an obligation to at least open the first chapter, right? <laughs> like, like, yo, I started the first chapter. I'm getting into that. Like, you didn't have to like, but he just he wanted you to think more than a basketball player. He was one of those guys that wanted you to think more than an athlete, to be a different person, and um, he's just somebody that um he would come in and, and ask you guys about, hey, did you guys see the legislation that just passed? <laughs> yeah. Right? And it was like, and again, you're to 18-year-old kids and 19-year-old kids to veterans and just be like, hey, this is what it is. This is why this legislation passed in Ohio and it's going to open up this for this, but ultimately it'll have it. And it, well, he wouldn't go on like a 10-minute like TED Talk, but he would just give you a two-minute thing about why you needed to pay attention to what's going on here in, you know, a former Air Force guy, just what's going on in the world. And he would let under, he would put you in a position to understand like, oh, yeah, we're playing basketball, but there's some stuff going on in the world that I feel like guys should pay attention to. That's out, you know, like you had the Zen master with, yeah, with Bill yeah. Jackson, and then you, like who was just trying to get you into a mental space, and then you had Pop that was like trying to make sure you were aware of what's going on around you and in the world. And I, I, I like I said, I can't say enough good things about him. That's, That's awesome. amazing stories, yeah. RJ. You come back and do it again sometime. I mean, with I'd us? love to, man. You know, I'm here in New York way too much anyway. Uh, After we gave him his props, now he's yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> y'all give me props, man. Y'all give me props, man. Here, y'all want R two C two birth. Yes. By Richard Jefferson oh, and Channing Fries, right, right, road right, tripping right, pod. I appreciate y'all, man. <laughs> That's right. Whatever y'all need me, man. I appreciate it. That's Richard Jefferson. Make sure you download, listen, rate, review, subscribe to us and to any podcast Richard's ever involved in for the rest <laughs> of his life. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>